Hey. Hello there. It's the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. That's Pete. And that is Stacy. We're back. It feels like it's been an eternity because the last episode you heard, we recorded like a month ago. I know. It has been forever. We tried to come up and record last weekend. This is June 3rd, by the way, the day we're recording. And our computer died. It did. <laughs> and so we had just finally gotten up the the gumption to <laughs> walk up the steps. Come up here. We got all ready. You pried me away from Zelda. I did. I had to, had to lure him away. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was dead. We couldn't do anything. Full failure. So yeah, we had to we had to order a new PC. We had to squash down our creative flow, our energy that we were feeling, wanting to get on the mic. We had to drain our creative juices. <laughs> what? They were full, so... But we weren't able to drain them. Right, so, so we... we... had creative blue balls, is that what you're saying? <laughs> you can't say that. There's kids here. Where? <laughs> Listening. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. So we are figuring out our, and by we, I mean Pete, is figuring out our sounds, our levels. Yes. <laughs> so it might be a little off from our use. Could be better, could could be be worse, I don't know. All right, so our week in review. Yes. We have this exciting thing happen. Nowadays, we should probably say our month in review because this (laughs) happened like three weeks ago. I've been going through my old VHS tapes that I have tons of in bins, and this was one that was Beverly Hills 90210, season three episodes on the tape, including commercials. So I love going through those and just seeing all the different commercials. And occasionally I'll come across one that I have not seen since we've been doing this nostalgic journey, which is rare because I follow a lot of nostalgic accounts. Right. Whether I see it posted or someone shares it to me or I've posted it a million times, it's rare for me to see something I haven't seen. So this commercial was a clean and clear commercial, I believe from 93, because that would have been when 90210 well, maybe 92, because uh, it started in 90. So anyway, depending on the what time of year it was, I guess. I'm going to play it here, see if it rings any bells for you. Did you ever have a guy point one out to you? Yeah, I mean, as if I don't know it's there. Introducing Johnson's Clean and Clear, a foaming facial cleanser. It's just a tiny little temporary imperfection. Nothing. Deep cleaning, but now with a pharmaceutical ingredient no leading cleanser has. Why couldn't it be right back here? I'll just walk around like this. Right here? It kills problem-causing bacteria. Builds character. I have enough character. Skin is clean, beautifully clear, and under control. It's just a zit. said the Z word. (laughs) Clean and clear and under control. I do not remember that one. No? No, I remember like those commercials. I just don't remember that one. I want to know what the one ingredient is that no other cleansers have. Retsin? <laughs> Retsin? No, that's inserts. <laughs> yeah. Now with Retsin. Are you thinking of retinol? Maybe. <laughs> anyway, so in this commercial, there's two lovely ladies in it. And the one who has short blonde hair actually reached out to me. She commented. She's like, oh, my God, that's me. And she asked me if I could send it to her so she could share it on her page. Her name is Rachel Syriax. You can find her at Syriax, C-Y-R-I-A-C-K-S. Check her out. She looks great. She was super kind. It was really fun. And she kind of looks like Patty from My So-Called Life. Oh, it's the The younger version. It's the short hair. Because also when I shared that on TikTok, so many people were like, it's Jane from Melrose Place. Uh, Josie Bissett. 
And I'm like, it's just because she has the short blonde hair. No, no, Next no, thing the, you know, they're going to tell me it's China Phillips. They favor each other. <laughs> they do have similar faces. And when I told Rachel that a lot of people had said that it was Josie and she's like, well, I would love that. She's a girl crush. She's always been a girl crush. <laughs> Anyway, it's a lot of fun. I love when people like that, especially people that I don't know their names. Like a lot of the Delia's models now follow me and I I just never knew their names. I just always I, I know their faces. Right. I know if I saw them even today, I would know I would recognize them because when I look on their pages, like once they've followed me or someone tags them in the post, I go look at them and I'm like, oh, my God, I totally know this person. I just never knew their names. Well, that's fun. <laughs> You're fun. <laughs> You're fun. <laughs> Speaking of fun, we've got a show and tell this week. We do. This show and tell is from Morgan Cherie. Morgan Cherie. <laughs> I did double check with her to see how to pronounce that because I went to school with a girl named Cherie and that's how it was pronounced. But I didn't want to say it wrong. And she's like, you're one of the only people who has actually said it right. I'm like, yay. Yes. I guess her parents got the name from a bottle of Elizabeth Arden's you want to say it? You were saying it so eloquently earlier. Amor <laughs> Sherry. A bottle of that perfume that her father had given her mother. They just changed the spelling. Really? Well, that's very creative. I liked it. Similar to my idea for a child when I was rowing a boat and it had a rudder. <laughs> you know, people were like, life best? <laughs> Or? <laughs> no, that's how the band OAR got their name. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Morgan was born in August 1986. She said, I grew into my love of the 80s since I was but a wee child. <laughs> All right, she's given us a top three for each of our questions. Favorite 80s movies, Indiana Jones, Back to the Future, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, and we have some HMs, Honorable Mentions, Better Off Dead, Spaceballs, and any 80s horror movie, good or B-rated, because we need a good laugh, which is so true. Yes, it is. Just last night, I was like, what's a bad 80s movie we can put on? <laughs> or I said cheesy, I guess. Yeah, we were looking around, but we actually went into the 2000s and we watched Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> we did. Well, it's set in the 80s. So, close Listen, enough. I couldn't remember. I had seen it one time in 2010. Right. And did not really remember anything about it. And I was like, you know, now that we're doing the nostalgia thing, I feel like I notice more how people portray 80s or 90s in their movies or TV shows. And I'm more picky about it, I guess. Right. So we I, need like a rating system for this. I know. I really wanted to go back and see how they did it. And I would say... Not bad. I mean, what? Like, if it's a scale from 1 to 10, 10 being best, I would say maybe like a 7. Sure. I would give it a 7, mainly because they kept the actors, you know, with like their current look. Although when they were in the mirrors, they, they were, were in their younger, their younger versions of themselves. Exactly. But it wasn't them. Right. In wigs. Right. So that was good. I liked that they did it that way. The hair, some of it looked authentic. Some of it looked like a wig. Or just like a put on, like not authentic. Some of the clothes looked like something you would grab at Party City, and then some of it looked authentic. Right. It was a mix. It was. That's why we give it a seven. Yeah. It wasn't awful. It was not perfect. <laughs> right. Anyway, back to Morgan's show and tell. <laughs> Morgan's favorite 80s songs Don't Stop Believing. Don't Stop Believing. Hold on to that Danger Zone. 
and Thriller. And she says her favorite 80s music group was Van Halen. Nice. Makes me think of the documentary we just watched called When Metal Ruled the 80s. It's on Peacock. This is not mad. No. It was uh, good, though. It was a four-parter. Yeah. I wanted to see some stuff about hair metal, so I, I searched for a documentary about that. I hadn't heard of this one before, and it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I, I learned did, too. A, I learned a lot that I didn't know previously. Right. I will fully admit, like, that's not really my genre. I know, of course, the popular songs and stuff, but it's not something that I've ever really looked into. So I found it interesting. It started with us watching concerts. Yes. I put on some White Snake and then Bon Jovi. From 87. Yes. And then that's what led to us watching the documentary. And you know what's funny? In the Bon Jovi concert we were watching, it's the one where, and maybe he did this for a decade, I don't really know, but he like holds onto this bar and rides out into the crowd. Mm-hmm. And so we saw that in like super poor quality on YouTube. And then they actually had a clip of that in the documentary yeah. as well. It's like, oh, that's what it looked like. Oh, okay. That does look cool. <laughs> but they did, of course, talk a lot about Van Halen. So if you haven't seen it, Morgan, check it out. Check it out. We keep going off on all these tangents. <laughs> this is what happens when we haven't been on the mic in a while. We've got a lot of chitter chatter. <laughs> all right. Favorite 90s movies. Sister Act, Clueless, Office Space. Favorite 90s songs. Black or White. Mbop. Amish Paradise by Weird Al. <laughs> She says, Bad Hair Day was one of the first CDs I purchased myself. Nice. Favorite 80s or 90s TV shows? We have Saved by the Bell, Rocco's Modern Life, Ren and Stimpy, Doug, Are You Afraid of the Dark? You idiot. (laughs) (laughs) With some honorable mentions, X-Men, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Salute Your Shorts. A very solid list. A lot of Nickelodeon in there. Yes. Toys that you loved most as a child. Trolls. Ankle Skip Ball. (laughs) <laughs> and Cabbage Patch Kids. wonder if Ankle Skip Ball is the skip it. I think so, right? Like where you, you tie it on one and you yeah. swing it around. Mm-hmm. It was called skip it. And it would right? hurt. It would. Yeah. <laughs> you could also chase people around with it and wing it at them. <laughs> Favorite game that she loved as a child or teenager? Clue, Monopoly, Sorry. <laughs> and honorable mentions, Sonic the Hedgehog, Super Mario Brothers, and Battletoads. Morgan, I don't know if you've gone back and played the original Battletoads, but it is like the hardest game ever. Is it? It is. Do we have it? No. And I don't know that I'm going to get it because I will most likely launch a controller. (laughs) When did you play it again? I just remember it from back in the day and how angry it made me. And then I've seen, there's this dude on TikTok, Retro Thunder, and he's got the biggest collection of NES and Super Nintendo games. And he was going through and playing this one section. It's like the speeder bike section or the turbo tunnel. It is so ridiculous Mm -hmm. and so hard. I don't know how anybody ever did it. Well, obviously she enjoyed it because she listed it as a favorite. Well, maybe she's good at it. I don't know. (laughs) You have to tell us. Favorite books that you loved as a child or teenager? Boxcar Children, Babysitter's Club, R.L. Stein's Fear Street, and Goosebumps. Nice. Favorite place to go to the mall in the 80s, 90s, or early 2000s? Claire's, The Arcade, and Spencer's Gifts. Very nice. Mm Mm-hmm. Who was your celebrity crush? She says, I was a big Taylor Hansen fan during the 90s, but as I've grown up 
and really appreciate the 80s and 90s, looking back, the following fellas would have been my crushes. Robert Downey Jr., Paul Rudd, and Harrison Ford. What can I say? Indiana Jones always does it for me. (laughs) Yes. All excellent picks. By the way, if you have sent us a show and tell and you had the version that did not have the celebrity crush question and you want to tell us your celebrity crush, send it in. It might even put your show and tell at the top of the pile. I mean, I I randomly pick them, but you never know. Just wanted to put that out there because it was something we added later and occasionally we pick more recent submissions. So yeah, just a little heads up there. Bubble it up to the top. <laughs> and then, of course, we always ask if there's anything else you would like to add about nostalgia or fond memories or this community. She says, this was tough just picking a few answers, which we definitely understand. All in all, my brother, who was born in 81, introduced me to a lot of 80s music and movies. My Sirius XM station stays on 80s and 90s music. I'm thrilled I found y'all's podcast. It takes me back every episode. Yay. Thank you very much, Morgan. Thank you, Morgan Cherie. Shetty. <laughs> and if you would like to participate in our show and tell, you can send us an email at we don't want to grow up pod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at we don't want to grow up pod. We're on TikTok at we don't want to grow up. We're on Facebook at we don't want to grow up podcast. We also have a super secret special Facebook group called the Cozy Club dash fans of we don't want to grow up. All you have to do is answer a few fun, nostalgic questions and agree to the group rules, and our amazing mod, Joanna, will approve you. And if you would like to support the podcast and gain access to over 60 bonus episodes, you can come to patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. Yes, we now have three tiers. We have our $4 tier, which is what's been there all along. It's access to everything, all of our bonus episodes. Our $3 tier gives you access to all of our game shows, trivia, things like that that we do over there. And our $2 tier gives you access to the short and sweet episodes, the Dear Diaries, the Middle School Notes, the Teen Magazine excerpts. We added some extra tiers because we know we're not putting out as much material on our regular podcast, and it helps us a lot when you come over there, so... Come check it out. Yeah, we have a good time. And last, but certainly not least, we have merch. If you would like to sport a We Don't Want to Grow Up shirt, hat, apron, phone case, stickers, almost anything that you could imagine, come to... We-don't-wanna-grow-up. Dot myspreadshop.com. And keep your eyes out for some new merch coming soon. Got some great ideas. So many ideas. <laughs> it's time. It is time. And I know that there are some people who probably only listen to our podcast for the My So-Called Life recaps. So those people are probably like, finally, that's hard. Now that we're only doing one episode a week, it's like we can't just only do My So-Called Life every episode. I mean, we could, but then those people that aren't into that would be put off. Who knew it was going to take us like two years to get through the show? (laughs) (laughs) I think it'll just be a year. We're on episode 11, and there's only 19. That's right. So by the fall, (laughs) we should be done. Some quick head math tells me there's eight left, I think. (laughs) Some quick head math. (laughs) (laughs) We started recapping in September. I feel like it'll probably be September-ish, October-ish when we wrap it up, which is perfect because my so-called life makes me feel like it's fall all the time. So It does. It'll be a nice way to end it. And the podcast? 
end the my so-called life recaps. Oh, I was going to say. Although. You dare do that to me. <laughs> me not do it to you. Mister, I have to pull your teeth to get you to come up. What are you talking about? <laughs> she is making things up right now. <laughs> October will be year three. Year three, our three-year mark. Yeah, which is what we've always said. We're going to push it to year three and see where we are. See if we're successful. I would say we're successful. We are successful in our own way. I think we bring joy to some people's lives. That's success. People reach out and tell us that, which makes me very happy. Makes me very happy, too. And we've definitely seen our podcast grow. Yeah. You know, we're not to the level that people that start podcasts that are already famous get to. Like those people release their first episode and they're like number one on the charts that week. But we compete with them. We've done pretty well. I mean, our highest was the number nine spot, but we hang out at the top. Number nine is pretty solid. It is solid. Do you know how many podcasts are out there? 17 million. (laughs) It's a lot. It is a lot. (laughs) I don't think there's 17 million active, but published. There's a lot. There is a lot. Anyway, as long as you all still love it and still support it, we're going to keep going as long as everything else in our lives allows us to do so. That's right. (laughs) As long as we're still having fun. That's really the important thing. Anytime I'm with you is fun. (laughs) Only you could remember that when we're coming upstairs. But then I have to walk upstairs and stop playing Zelda. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this week, like you said, it's episode 11, Life of Brian. It's a Brian-heavy episode. It is. This originally aired on November 10th, 1994. You know what November 10th is? I better. Do you know? I do. What is it? It's our anniversary. It's our wedding anniversary. Yes, it is. But not in 1994. No. We had not met yet in 1994. Either way, we can high-five and kiss. (laughs) Because it's fun. Okay, so this episode, Brian is caught between taking Angela or a new girl at school to the dance, and Ricky has a crush on a new student at Liberty High. Lots of new students this episode. Yes. Well, by lots, I mean two. Two. It's funny that we meet two new characters and they're both new to the school. They are the legendary Delia Fisher, played by Santa Moses. Wild that she got a catalog named after her. Well done, (laughs) Santa. And... Corey. You mean Delia? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Senta didn't get the catalog named after her. Senta, her character, Delia, (laughs) had a catalog named after her. Uh, Congratulations. (laughs) I feel anger coming from you. (laughs) Don't you hate on Senta? I'm not hating on Senta, but I don't think You're going to get in trouble. I don't think there's a catalog called Senta. It's called Delia's. (laughs) I know what it's called, mister. (laughs) And the the second one is Corey Hathrick, played by Adam Bissick. Corey, I have to say, reminds me a lot of Justin Chambers, who most people know as Alex from Grey's Anatomy. But I first met Justin as Massimo in The Wedding Planner. There's just something about his little face that reminds me of Justin Chambers as Massimo. I met Justin Chambers in a bar in New Jersey. You did not. (laughs) Where do you even get this stuff? (laughs) And he says it with such conviction that I've had to learn how to... Weed through the BS. Yes, I've had to have some maintenance done on my BS meter. He won't let me say the real word because he doesn't want to have to bleep it. (laughs) It's all work. (laughs) Yeah. 
That's the least of your worries, bleeping something. I did just have to hide my face behind the microphone cover so you couldn't see my big lie smile. (laughs) Yes, that is a big tell. Or it's when I'm telling the truth. So it isn't a big tell. It is true. He also lies when he's being accused of something and he's uncomfortable. Yes. (laughs) Like, did you eat the last cookie? And I didn't. But then a big smile comes on my face. And it sure looks like I ate that last cookie. And then he's like, no, a little mouse did. <laughs> it did. <laughs> mouse Tholomew. Mouse Tholomew. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this episode is definitely one of my favorites. It's the World Happiness Dance. Yes. And really, pretty much everything that's happening, aside from what's going on with the parents, is around this dance. The time leading up to it. Who's going with who? Who's going at all? And then what happens at the dance? We have a lot of favorite moments. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I shall go first. All right. Speaking of the parents, Graham is putting up wallpaper. Brian's helping him out. But I always find the application and hanging of wallpaper to be very fascinating. But I bet it is a real (laughs) P-I-T-A. Just say it. You can bleep it. Pain in the (laughs) (laughs) I just don't think I would have it in me. To hang it. Listen, every time I've tried to show him wallpaper that I would like to hang up, like in our office or in our guest bathroom or something, he's just like, nah, nah. Even though nowadays, I actually wrote this down, right? Okay, because there's a lot of symbolism around this wallpaper between Graham and Brian. And Graham is talking about the wallpaper. And he's basically like associating it with his quote unquote retirement, like taking time off from work, trying to figure out what he's going to do next. And he's talking about how it's kind of like wallpaper. Picking wallpaper is daunting because there's just so many to choose from. And then you you know you have to live with that decision for a long time because wallpaper used to be so permanent. Very durable. But now they make the peel and stick stuff. So it's not as permanent. Listen, I'm just telling you, I've made a lot of models in my life. Airplanes. Well, a lot of airplanes. (laughs) (laughs) What does that have to do with wallpaper? You have to put these little decals on them. Oh, right. And I never, ever, ever (laughs) get them on straight, ever. And so this nightmare would be across an entire wall for the whole world to see and for me to stare at (laughs) as I walk past it every day. I know. I did like the conversation where Brian was saying how the morning glories don't line up. And there's a piece like that in his bedroom that isn't quite right. And he thinks it's going to be the end of him. It would drive me nuts. Yeah. So at this point in time, we're not going to be hanging any wallpaper, but never say never. All right. We'll see. (laughs) Well, I don't know if I'll be hanging any wallpaper. Maybe I'll be rooting you on. (laughs) While you're playing Zelda? While I'm playing Zelda. (laughs) Okay, so I have to say that I feel like in the day, I didn't appreciate this episode because it was narrated by Brian. And I didn't appreciate Brian as much back then. I appreciate him more now. But I just preferred an Angela narrated episode. This is the only one aside from one other episode that is not narrated by Angela. The other one is called Weekend. And that one's narrated by Danielle. Oh, really? Yes. So look forward to that one. Because I know she's your favorite. She is my favorite. (laughs) But the episode starts with Brian like laying on his bed in his bedroom and we're hearing his inner thoughts. And he's basically talking about how he has to. Well, I love because he says, why am I like this? And we get that line again later. It's one of my favorite moments. Favorite, favorite moments. 
Of all time of in the show, time. I think. Yes. But he's just frustrated with himself and how he feels about Angela. And he says, Why am I like this? I truly stick in myself. I just have to stop being her little puppet. I vow to never again show up at Angela's door with some lame excuse. Cut to <laughs> Brian showing up at Angela's door, telling her dad that he lent an atlas <laughs> to Angela that she was supposed to return in March. By the way, it's November. It's November. <laughs> No more lame excuses, right, Brian? It happens to the best of us. It does. This part makes me laugh. We get this quote from Brian when he's talking about Delia. I can't believe this. Apparently, Delia Fisher smiles at everyone. She probably comes from one of those small towns where everyone's friendly and smiles at you for no reason. I hate that type of town. (laughs) Very cynical by old Brian. Yes, it is. He wouldn't know how to handle it if people were friendly to him. No. He doesn't know what to do. He, like, freezes up. Because Delia's so nice. Right. And he's just like, oh, what? Because everybody there has always probably talked down to him or made fun of him just based on how, like, Angela and Rayanne talked to him. Ricky's nice to him. He is. But he's not, like, sugary sweet the way Delia is. He's just kind. Yes. So Angela finds Jordan in the parking lot after school, leaning against his car, all red. <laughs> and she's just trying to casually bring up the dance. She starts out by asking him if he's heard about this whole thing where they're trying to exterminate fourth period lunch and people are obsessing over it. And I I did like how she said this. She was like, like sometimes people fill their minds with all these stupid things, you know, to keep themselves from thinking about, you know, it's really important. Which I like because it's so true, like people focusing and obsessing over something as silly as a lunch period, just the way today people on social media and things like that get so worked up over little little things that don't affect them. Yes. You know, actually, in this case, it probably does affect the people who have fourth period lunch. So, you know. I'd have been upset (laughs) if I lost my fourth period lunch. (laughs) But she has a nice little segue there where she's like, like this world happiness dance. I mean, it's so stupid. I mean, what does that even mean, you know? Like, if we dance, the world is really going to get happier? I mean, really, come on. I don't think so. There's a dance? And, of course, Jordan has no idea of anything that's going on at this school. He didn't know about the fourth period lunch. He didn't know about the dance. She's like, uh, yeah. You know, there's, like, 500 posters up around school about it. <laughs> but you'd have to read those posters, right? Like, <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, I didn't even mean it that way. Take that, Jordan. Burn. Sick burn. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. But I like how, you know, Jordan's like, I like to keep it breezy, basically. You know, I like to just see what's going to happen. Like, if you show up and, well, just listen to what he says. See, I have this philosophy. You have a philosophy? If I go somewhere and someone I know is there, then cool. There's something natural about it but once you start making plans then you have like like obligations uh, and that basically blows so my feeling is whatever happens happens i have to say i really respect that she really respects it i have to say i really respect this jordan shut up Like, you don't respect it. You just wish he would ask you to this freaking dance. What is Jordan's middle name? (laughs) I don't know. I started to say Nathaniel, but that's Jordan Knight's middle name. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm surprised we never hear her use his full name. <laughs> they haven't gotten to that level yet. As girls were prone to do. Right. <laughs> but of course, you know, Angela's fishing to see if he's going to ask her to the dance. And trying to kind of remind him that it's happening. What I think is funny is that his little whatever happens happens philosophy, she respects there. But when Brian says the same thing later on in the episode. Look, it wasn't some big plan or anything. I I don't even believe in making plans. Whatever happens, happens. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. It's the stupidest thing she's ever heard in her whole life. (laughs) (laughs) And I like how Graham also uses that line on Patty after he's been talking to Brian. He does. Well, at this point, the way things are now, it just doesn't feel right to make plans. I'd rather let whatever happens happen. It should have been the name of the episode. Whatever happens, happens. That's right. Okay, next one for me, I wrote, ooh, sharing a Coke in their hands touch. (laughs) It's Brian and Delia. Plus, they pretty much like make out since they drank out of the same straw. It's essentially the same thing. (laughs) They have now made out. It's a big deal. And their hands definitely touched. I felt like that scene was pretty relatable. Oh, yeah. When I was 12. Yeah. But I mean, this is the first time anything like this has happened for Brian. What about Delia? Well, I don't know. I mean, she seems pretty giddy about it, but she also seems a little more forward than Brian. I would agree. She's a girl who knows what she wants. She does. She probably grabbed his hand on purpose. Of course she did. purposefully drank out of that straw first. So (laughs) then they would have already made out. I think it's funny because she knows that he goes in there where she works, orders a burger, just to try to see what would happen. Maybe he would get up the guts to talk to her, to ask her. And then he goes out and he tosses the burger in the trash immediately. And then she catches him. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my doctor says not to eat red meat. <laughs> like, well, then why did you order why that? Why did you order it? He didn't think that through all the way. Is chicken red meat? No, he didn't. Why didn't he get chicken then? Is chicken red meat? I don't know. Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know from that. You do know from that. Well, this actually ties into You didn't answer the question. Why didn't he order chicken? I think it's a burger joint that didn't have a chicken option. These days, there usually is a chicken option, but I just think he didn't think it through, love. Or it was the 90s, and you're right. There wasn't a chicken option. (laughs) But this does tie into my next favorite moment is when Brian is walking out of the burger joint. He's tossing the burger into the trash. He's narrating, and he's saying... There's something about my life. It's just automatically true that nothing actually happens. And then, of course, right after, something does happen. It does. They share the drink. They touch hands twice. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. Next up, Angela and Ricky outside of the school. Ricky is saying how Angela wouldn't understand talking about him being stressed out over wanting to go to the dance with Corey and how Rayanne has kind of set this whole thing up, but she's been really annoying about it all. And then Angela says, Oh, you're right, Ricky. I couldn't possibly understand having an obsession for a person I have zero hope of ever becoming involved with. And then they laugh, which... You know, it's not really the same thing, what Ricky's going through, but she's trying to relate to him. So I can appreciate that. But also when we're teenagers, we tend to be a little um, self-absorbed. A little narcissistic. (laughs) Oh, everything's the same for you, Angela. (laughs) I've been there, too. I have a story about that. (laughs) But, you know, they laugh and Angela says, we're hopeless. And then they decide to go together, which is like the best idea ever. But that is immediately squandered. Yeah. By all sorts of things. Corey coming up to him and then thinking now like, oh, will it look like a double date? It's very complicated. It is. 
So this was a little bit before that, but I like where Rayanne is telling Ricky to ask Corey to the dance. And she tells him, because that's really who you want to ask. Like, she knows. Yeah. She knows what he wants to do. She sees him watching him. She does. She notices it all. She's playing Cupid. Yeah, kind of like a dead Cupid, but Cupid nonetheless. D-hey. D-hey. You're going to have to bleep that. Yeah. D-hey Cupid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, because she, like, lures them in by saying she's going to go with them. Like, it's just going to be some friends going, and then she backs out. Classic (laughs) Rayanne. Of course, she's saying she's backing out because she's newly sober. And and that's when Ricky tells her, who cares about your drinking problem? (laughs) (laughs) He's got real problems. This is my life. (laughs) (laughs) Like, wow, Ricky. (laughs) Listen, Ricky is normally uber supportive. But in this moment, he is like freaking out. Yes. I feel for him. All right. This is pretty much tied with my favorite moment of the episode. It's the moment where they're at the dance. Angela has just been yelling at Brian for being a D-Hay and she gets up and she starts to walk and the song Pressure by Sunscreen is playing and then she spots Jordan. She freezes in her tracks and Jordan suddenly looks up and sees her and they make eye contact and it is so good. It's so good. And this was actually a funny moment we were watching because I squealed audibly. And Pete's like, hey. Hey. Oh, oh. I'm sitting here. I'm sitting right here. I'm right here. (laughs) I'm like, I'm so sorry, but I was just immediately zapped back into my 15-year-old, 16-year-old body. And seeing him looking at her from across that room, from across that gymnasium, something else. With that song playing, oh, forget about it. We've turned into Italians. I don't know. Oh, forget about it. (laughs) Of course, He looks away. He's got to break the stair. It's become too intense. And she stomps outside. I put LOL. (laughs) Because you got to be dramatic. You do. But she finds Ricky out there. And he's upset about Corey. And he's crying. And they're having a moment, which I'm going to talk about again in a minute. But she's hugging him. And then Jordan walks by. And they can hear Jordan and his friends talking. And so they pull away. And this is my other favorite, favorite moment of the episode. Because He stops walking like he's already walked past Angela and Ricky. He's down by the fence. He stops walking and his friends keep going and they're like, come on. He's like, in a minute. Catalano, you're going to come (laughs) Catalano. And he just stands there with his back to Ricky and Angela. But Ricky and Angela look at each other and laugh because they know that he's waiting for her. He's just waiting. He's giving them their privacy. (laughs) Very thoughtful by Jordan. (laughs) So Ricky, of course, tells Angela to go. She goes up and... He leans towards her, basically backing her up against the fence. And it is hot. <laughs> and we do see Brian walk out and see this moment happening. And he turns around and stomps he back stomps into the He stomps off, LOL. But we don't care about him right now. No. So we get this moment. You can still hear the song playing in the background. And this moment happens. Why are you like this? Like what? How you are. Hey, Jordan, you coming or not? How am I? How how am I? How how am I? <laughs> like he could how not say a hotter thing paired with a more confusing thing if he tried. Absolutely. Because it's like this is so good, but like, what do you mean? Right. 
And he probably doesn't even know what he means. No, he's probably high. <laughs> but like, what What do you mean? How am I? I'm just existing. It's probably because he's like, why do I have to like you when you're a complicated person? Because she is, she's not like all the simple girls that he's gone through. Whoa, you're just bashing all these girls. You don't even know them. Jennifer's probably super, <laughs> super smart. Listen. I just know that this Tiffany Angela is different than anyone that he has been involved with. Probably. No one's as narcissistic as Angela. Just kidding. <laughs> and he says, girl, you make me think, to quote Shag. Okay, next up for me, I've got another ooh. <laughs> this is from a little earlier in the episode, but Brian says this. Finally, an erection from actual physical contact. <laughs> <laughs> When they're in the science lab and they're both looking at the microscope. Brian and Delia. Brian is. and Delia, yes, sorry. So, yeah, listen, that kind of thing happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe not at 16, but, you know. What, meaning like the first time? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was the first time for him. First right. time a girl's probably ever really touched him. Exactly. Like I played footsies with a girl in like ninth grade. Might yeah. have happened. <laughs> I can't remember, but I TMI? think so. I don't know. You, is it TMI? I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, you're just saying you related. Yes. And I thought it was funny. <laughs> I will say, though, in that moment between Brian and Delia, and it's like for a second, he's not thinking about Angela. Yeah. And then she walks by the classroom. And of course. Looks in, and she looks bothered. It's the start of what happens later, I hope. It's what they were building to, yes. I think. Yeah. But in the moment, it just felt like it's like the like, first why do you time care? Angela has seen Brian in close quarters with another girl. I mean, she also acted that way a little bit when he was being supportive of Sharon when her dad was in the hospital. Yeah. She was a little bothered by that. She was. That felt a little more to me like, oh, these are my old friends and they're hanging out and close and I'm not a part of it. But then when you see this moment, it's like she is jealous. She is. It's like Krakow is her backup plan. That right. she never wants to go. It's like, it's the nuclear option. I can't get any date. I can't get with anybody. I've always got Krakow waiting for me. Yes. And now he's not waiting for her. And even Rayanne said that at the beginning. She's like, Jordan is not going to go to this dance. But you could always ask Brian. Right. He'll pay for things. He'll give you a ride. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Brian. He's sufficient. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you like to hear. Yes. Next up, probably one of the best moments on the series is the moment when Ricky asks Delia to dance. What is Love by Hathaway is playing. And those two are in the middle of that gym floor. And it starts out a little slow, a little uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden, Ricky just... He lets go. He lets go. He lets loose. And he gets down. And Delia meets him where he is. They crush it. They do crush it. And suddenly it's like there's a circle around them. Everybody's cheering them on. Everybody's into it. Kyle is especially into it. He's into one of the two of them. I know. I think he's into Ricky. Personally. I think he might be right. And I think Sharon sees it because you see Sharon looking at him, looking at Ricky or looking at Ricky and Delia. But I really think that he's into Ricky. We don't know that. We don't know, but we I have find a feeling out. that that might have been where it was going to go the next season. I think you're right as well, right? Because they're building on Ricky not really having anybody. Mm -hmm. They're doing that for a reason. Yes. So who would they have for Ricky? Right. Either they introduce a new character or mm -hmm. they're building on something here. Who it, knows? It, we don't know for sure. It is a really subtle moment that if you blink, you miss it. 
but I have always noticed that. Even as a kid, like I noticed him looking and I assumed he was watching Ricky. I can't say you're wrong, but I can't say you're right. <laughs> well, maybe I need to reach out to Winnie and ask what the plan was. You there. should. <laughs> oh my gosh, you should. Please do it for all of us. Okay, okay. And then ask her if we can interview her on the podcast. <laughs> Maybe she'll do a show and tell. Maybe. I'll make a custom one for her. It's just about my so-called life. <laughs> What's your favorite 80s song? And what were you going to do with Kyle and Ricky? <laughs> would <laughs> died. <gasps> that's what I think. Don't say happened. such things. I think that's what would have happened. I think that's arc, personally. It would have been down the road. Yes. Season seven. Yeah. <laughs> Season seven. Uh, or would it have been someone else like, because you would expect it to be could have caused it and it was oh after don't say such things. That's I'm horrible. just saying we need to save our speculations for the final episode. Not now. Bleep all that out. <laughs> should I? You should. Just a whole bunch of bleeps. Yes. We'll be like, I think that bleep and bleep would do this because bleep and bleep. But anyway, that Ricky and Delia dance is a moment that to me is timeless. Yeah. You know, like I enjoy it every single time I see it. And last year when I shared it, I'll be sharing it again when this episode comes out because how could I not? But last year, Wilson Cruz, who plays Ricky, saw my post and shared it. And yeah. It was so exciting. He's always so sweet. I love him. I don't know him, but I'm sure he's amazing. He's always been sweet to me. Yes. He's Which like means... messaged me and stuff. Yeah. A lot to me. Well, there you go. Next thing I put down, I wonder what the punch tasted like. I feel like there was <laughs> a punch flavor I love. back then. It was like that tangy, fruity. It had like a, fruit it punch? had a taste. No, it wasn't fruit punch. It was like dance punch <laughs> or well, like gathering punch. I think it's like a gathering punch. I think it's like fruit punch mixed with something. Ginger ale. Yes. That's typically what. Make it, it for be. me again, and I'll tell you if that's what I'm talking about. All right. I will do that. Because when I saw that punch, I feel like I could taste it. You're like, I want some dance punch. I want some dance punch. It'll be like some Hawaiian fruit punch mixed with ginger ale. How about it? <laughs> How about it? Or it could be like what my mom makes at Christmas, mocha punch. Mm. Or what they make on Sunny and Philly, riot punch. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or what they make in Shag, purple Jesus. Purple Jesus. Purple Jesus. Jesus. Purple Jesus. There have been a lot of Shag references in this episode. <laughs> All right. And my last favorite moment, after Angela has been pouting by the fence where Jordan left her perplexed. And she has just missed this epic moment that her bestie just had. Yeah. She comes back inside and she finds Brian standing there, pouting, watching everyone dance. She apologizes and we hear his inner dialogue here. Her hair smelled like this orange girl we passed when I was eight on the way to see my grandmother. And then he says, But I guess that's just like her shampoo or whatever. Of course, he doesn't forgive her. No. He just says, These things are so stupid. She's like, I know, no one ever has a good time. Meanwhile, everybody's having a good time. She asks him if he wants to dance, and he's just like, not with you. <laughs> I mean, oh. I don't care about dancing that much. <laughs> She's like, me neither. She's not even that put out by the no. fact that he said not with you. Right. <laughs> he's just disgusted by her infatuation with Jordan Catalano. He is. Try by Billy Pilgrim is playing as the camera pulls back and Brian and Angela are being wallflowers while the other people are, in fact, 
having a good time. <laughs> the lights are sparkling and the big World Happiness Dance sign is at the forefront of the shot. You can even see Ricky and Delia slow dancing down there. This is a favorite moment and a least favorite moment because I just want to yell at Brian and Angela to go dance. Because you're going to look back on it and you're going to be like, I should have danced. We should have gone out and danced, you know, but I understand it, too. Like, I get being self-conscious and stopping yourself from doing things that are fun Well, because you're nervous. Brian could have taken it the wrong way. Yeah, but she was just trying to be nice because she realizes that, like... But that's not what he would have thought. Well, yeah, because he would have kept smelling her orange blossom shampoo. (laughs) Yep. And you talk Uh, about an erection. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's why Brian didn't want to go out there. Uh, You're right. He already knew what happened in the lab. (laughs) But listen, Brian definitely blew his shot in this episode with both Angela and Delia. Pun not intended. (laughs) Brian definitely would have needed the six inch rule. I mean, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Did your school have a six-inch rule at the dance? Oh, well, you didn't have dances. Yeah, we didn't have dances. They had a no dance rule at at our dances. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) We didn't have a rule like that. Yeah, it's probably like an old wives' tale from the 1950s. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) So least favorite moments. What do you got? Well... Well, the first one I wrote was Brian throwing the burger away, which we already talked about. Okay. That's just wasteful. It is very wasteful. My next least favorite is when Jordan and Angela are in the parking lot talking after school. And then suddenly, like, they have an awkward silence. And then Jordan just gets in his car. And he's, like, staring at her. Like, I don't know if he's waiting for her to get in the car with him or what. He doesn't really say anything. She's just like, oh, I um, forgot my geometry book in my locker, so... And he kind of barely shrugs and just drives away. He doesn't say bye or anything, and it drives me insane. It's a general pet peeve of ours Yes, in television and movies in general that people don't say goodbye. They don't say goodbye. They don't say, I love you too. Right. They don't close the door behind them. Lots of little things like that. I don't understand these tropes and how these things are written. It's just not normal. Like to me, if a friend of mine didn't say bye to me, be pissed. I would be so pissed. Yeah. And if my crush didn't say bye to me, I would be devastated. Pages in my journal would be written for me to read to you on our Patreon. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) My first least favorite moment, I put Brian is a creeper. (laughs) He's sitting there checking Angela out through his window. He's on his camera with his huge telephoto lens looking at her through her window. Yeah, it is a little creepy. Although I have to say, I I never did it through a camera or a telescope, but I'm sure I've mentioned it on the podcast before. I did have a massive crush on my next door neighbor and we were like the best of friends growing up. But then in middle school, we went to different schools. And so he became like this mystery to me because I didn't get to see him as often and we didn't like go outside and play because we were teenagers at that point. Right. So I would only see him on occasion because like our sisters were best friends or because like the one time I had a party and he came down and, you know, things like that. But like you could see into his bedroom from my (laughs) kitchen window. And so I wouldn't like just sit there and wait. But sometimes I would walk in and he just would be standing there. In his window. And only like once or twice did he like see me and we like would wave to each other. But it wouldn't be where I was just like peeking through binoculars and then get caught. So you never turned the lights off. No, I did do that sometimes. You did. (laughs) That is a creeper move. It is a creeper move, but it's not (laughs) like I could really see. It would just be like, I just wanted a glimpse of like 
just him walking by. Like, that's how infatuated I was with him. But I wasn't like. So strange. Why? Well, it's just because you both were like close for a while. I mean, I guess it's because you grew apart. So it was like he became more mysterious. Well, at and that then point. you're you're a teenager. Everything's different. Yeah. It's like Joey and Dawson. Like, even though they stayed friends, but they also went to school together and stuff. But Joey used to always climb into his window and sleep in his bed with him. And it was normal until they became teenagers. And then it was like kind of weird. And Joey had a crush on him. And so then it, it just became a different thing. Right. And she's like, I can't stay over here anymore. It was kind of <laughs> like that. You weren't a creeper. I shouldn't say that. I take it back. I mean, not, I didn't have creepy intentions. I didn't understand that that curious. was creepy. You were just I was curious. just like, he's hot. I have a crush on him. Can I look up there and see him for a second? It's just like when you're at school and you pass your crush in the hall, it's like a a thrill. Right. You know, to just see him for a second. That's how it felt to me because I didn't get to see him as much as I used to. And like when I would have friends over and we'd all be out at the pool and they had a pool and their pool was like elevated above ours. So if they were jumping off the diving board or doing anything like that, you could see them going on the slide. Why wouldn't you all come play together in the same pool? I know. Well, we did when we were kids, but it was different. Then we would start like yelling down to each other or they would like accidentally kick a ball over the fence and right. have to come get it. Things like that would happen. It was exciting. Exciting times. Very exciting. <laughs> but Brian looking with his camera feels creepy. That's full on intent. Yeah. <laughs> this was both annoying and relatable when Patty walks in and Grandma's wallpapering their bedroom and she immediately notices the bubble in the wallpaper. And Graham's like, Patty, I have tried this a million times. Like, we have to just embrace it now. It is part of us. (laughs) (laughs) And Patty goes over and tries to get the bubble herself. It's annoying because I'm just like, Patty, leave him alone. Like, he is working hard on this wallpaper. Stop critiquing him. Stop pointing out the imperfections. It's tough. But then I also know I do it, too. I have done it with you. I've tried to get so much better, though. Like a couple weeks ago, you were painting our laundry room and you were hanging cabinets in our laundry room. And this was a project that was a long time coming. (laughs) (laughs) It's been in the process for a long time. And I just went in to ask you a question or something. And I noticed (laughs) that the cabinets were on upside down. (laughs) I forgot about they were upside down. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I (laughs) stood there a minute and thought about it and just thought, you know what? He's been working on this for hours. It is late. It was like 10 o'clock at night. It was. 10 or 11. And you were like just getting to the point where you were about to wrap up. And I was like, don't tell him. Don't say it. And so I didn't. And then you were still in there for like two more hours or something. And you came in. You're like, I was almost done. And then I noticed that the cabinets were upside down. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, this was such a better choice. Right. I was like, wow, I've really learned. I've really grown as a person (laughs) because I was just like, it was so much better for you to discover that you had messed up and for you to fix it. Even though I know in the moment it was stressful, but it would have been way more annoying to you if I had walked in and didn't just praise you and pointed out something wrong. Yes, because I do need that. Yeah. I don't need the situation like in Christmas vacation where the lights are not twinkling. Yes. Oh, yeah. The little lights are twinkling. You're like you (laughs) (laughs) worth the bleep (laughs) worth the bleep that's our next shirt hashtag worth the bleep (laughs) next up for me krakow telling delia that he can't go to the dance with her so it's sort of about the dance oh it turns out that i kind of forgot you know about this other commitment that i already had it's kind of you know 
special or whatever, so I... Of all the stupid things I've said, which are like countless, I've never wanted to take something back more than that one. Brian, look. It doesn't matter who you told first. You know, if it was her, if it was me. You should go with who you want to go with. Just be honest with me, please. Okay. So I guess I would. You would what? Rather go. Y you know, with her. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Her insta-tears. Oh. Heartbreaking. Very. I felt so bad for her. And I mean, he just said it in the worst possible way. Yeah, I mean, he's a dumbass. And she didn't deserve that. She didn't. Angela had to go ruin everything, but Brian handled it wrong. He could have told Angela no, and he didn't. Way to go, Krakow. Way to go. I know we didn't mention it before, but I because I said it to you out loud when we were watching it, Sharon is an excellent friend. She is. I loved the way... Like, she was so welcoming to Delia. She took her under her wing. She knew Delia had a crush on Brian, so she tried to make it happen. And then when Brian screwed her over, Sharon was like, bye. You know, like, he tried to come up to Delia at the dance, and Sharon's just like, I'm so glad you decided to come on your own. It's better. <laughs> I've got so many guys to introduce you to. Yeah, and then just takes her away from Brian. That's I right. I love it. And speaking of all of that, Angela asking Brian if she could go to the dance with them. Even though she was aware that he was going with Delia, she just wanted to go as a ride. But it's also like, why did she need to do that? Right. Like, did she want to go so badly? Because this is right after she and Ricky decided to go together. And then Ricky said no because of the Corey Rayanne situation. I mean, Rayanne had said before, like, just go with Brian. So that could have been in the back of her mind. But then part of me is like, she sees Brian and Delia talking again. Does she just want to bust that little couple up? It's got to be. Or is it that she just really wants to go to the dance because she thinks she might see Jordan, but she doesn't want to go alone? No, I think it's the first option, right? Where she does just want to go see Jordan or see if she will see Jordan, but she wants to keep Krakow interested. Under her thumb. Under her thumb. <laughs> Next up for me, another one from Krakow. Krakow telling Ricky to not come over. With him and Angela because him and Angela might want to dance. I was like, what a hey The worst. The worst. Because he also sees that Ricky's upset. Yes. And he tells him not to come over there. What a terrible person and quote unquote friend. Right. And Ricky's been a good friend to Brian. I know. So awful. That really, really disgusted me. Yep. And it disgusted Angela, too. It did. She was very upset. She's like, Ricky's my friend. It's a wonder that Angela even, like, we talk about Angela being a narcissist. <laughs> but also for her to go from that, knowing what Brian said to Ricky and everything, and then hearing what Ricky had to say outside, how upset he was, which I'm going to talk about in a second. But for her to still, like, come back inside and ask Brian if he wants to dance, like, that was really forgiving of her. It was. But it's like, I think she does understand the complexities. Like, she knows Brian's not a bad person. She knows Brian likes her, but she doesn't really comprehend it. Well, and she says, you know, at some point in this episode, like, you just don't understand people. Right. And he doesn't it's understand true. people. That is very true. Okay, this is a small least favorite moment. But Patty signing Graham up for that cooking program behind his back annoyed me, even though he eventually thanked her for it. Because... 
He just was putting it off and putting it off. And she knew that he would enjoy it. And maybe it would guide him into what his next thing would be. Yeah. Yeah. So he ended up really enjoying it. But I just, whenever I hear about like somebody on The Bachelor, their sister signed them up and they didn't even know about it. Like that annoys me because I'm like, that's a lot. If you get picked to go on The Bachelor, yes, it can bring good things to your life. But also you have to like leave your job for three months. You now are going to be a public figure. Maybe you don't want that. (laughs) Patty didn't sign up Graham for The Bachelor. (laughs) I know, but I'm just saying. Graham doesn't have a job and, yeah, he's not going to be on TV. I don't know what you're talking about I'm just saying when people go behind people's backs to sign them up for things, I don't like that. They're meddling. Yes. Patty was a meddler. Right. Even if it's like good intentions behind it, I just. Who signed somebody up for The Bachelor? Oh, you hear about that with the contestants. Do you? I haven't watched it in years, but I remember that. Just somebody else signed them up and then they got picked. And now they're like thrown into this whirlwind and it could be really good for them or it could be really bad for them. They could get their heart pulverized on national television. Sounds a lot like it was made up by those people to be like, oh, yeah, I didn't even want it. My sister signed me up for this. <laughs> I'm like, sure shut that, up. That probably did happen. All right. And my final least favorite moment, which I think it's so funny that one of my favorite, my so-called life episodes has so many least favorite moments. Yeah. But it's like there's so much good, but there was a lot that like ticked me off in this episode. This one made me very sad. So Ricky, after having an awkward moment with Corey at the dance, is sitting outside of the dance and Angela finds him and Ricky tells her this. That I belong nowhere with no one. That I don't fit. It's just the saddest thing ever. Absolutely heartbreaking. And I think a lot of people feel that way in this world. And I think that's why the character of Ricky was so important, especially at that time when we did not see that very often at all. It makes me sad to think that anyone would ever like see a character like this or a person in real life like this that's hurting and not care for them. Right. Like, where's the empathy? Right. But, you know, I just... Ricky is just the best, and nobody wants to see him sad. No. So it's definitely a least favorite moment. It makes me upset every time. Yeah. But it's also really great that Angela is there for him and that when he goes inside, he's able to turn it around and have a super fun night. And maybe the best moment of the show. Yes. That's because everybody is rooting for Ricky, and it's so great to see him having fun. You don't get to see Ricky have a lot of fun on the show. You don't. Oh, speaking of that fun moment, I do have to add that director Todd Holland has said that there was a choice between Hathaway's What is Love and a song by Green Day to be used with that Ricky and Delia dance. Really? Yeah. And I want to know what Green Day song. I don't know. But I can't imagine anything other than What is Love playing right there. Same here. I I don't know what Green Day song would have been a good fit for a dance. No shade to Green Day. No, I I had two Green Day CDs. Yeah. Did you see that video that I shared of Billy Joe Armstrong at that like hole in the wall dive bar? The cover band was playing Basket Case and he was there and he hopped up on the stage and the lead singer freaked out, was so excited because she's a huge fan and he sang the song with her and with the band and it was just the most delightful thing I've ever seen in a a long time. I can't imagine that actually happening in person, but it would be incredible. Incredible. Because you you just, that's the last thing you expect to actually happen. That's like a fantasy that somebody would dream up. Yeah. I feel like unfortunately all the lead singers that I've loved are dead. Oh. Well, I've got like two left. Well, no. Don't even say their names. I won't. I won't even say. (laughs) Last fun fact. 
1997, TV Guide released their 100 greatest episodes of all time, and this was ranked number 38. You know, when I found this fact, I didn't see that it was from 97. I wonder what it would be ranked now. I think, to be honest with you, it may be forgotten, but maybe not. It would be good to, I think you'd have to set like a time frame. Yeah, it would depend. For the poll. Yeah, they should say from the 90s, honestly. But from the 90s, I I think this would still be up there. Yeah, it would be way higher than 38 if I was making the list. But again, it depends on who makes the list. True. All right. We do have a few fashion moments. Do you want to go first? Sure. We have Sharon's green sweater and Kyle's purple and blue and yellow and green sweater. And I was laughing at this because I had written this down as well. (laughs) And it's just so telling of how our brains work differently because I wrote down Sharon's forest green sweater (laughs) and Kyle's navy burgundy mustard and hunter green sweater. (laughs) Listen, yours are a lot more descriptive. People now understand what these sweaters looked like. They're very 90s looking. They were. (laughs) So Delia came in with a lot of great 90s looks. She kind of had the same look throughout, just changed up the patterns a little bit. She first has a floral dress with spaghetti straps and then a long sleeved lavender shirt on underneath and a choker. And then later she's wearing a red plaid dress that's the same style with a gray long sleeve shirt under. Do you want to say what you wrote about Delia's? And this is also telling of how different we think. I said Delia's uh, plaid skirt thing. (laughs) (laughs) Some people know what I'm talking about. Her plaid skirt thing. That is amazing. You know, that thing. I couldn't tell if it was a skirt or shorts or what. I don't know what it was. (laughs) It's okay. It was plaid. It was plaid. Sure wasn't mauve and uh, indigo. <laughs> it was cranberry <laughs> and night. <laughs> night. Cranberry and night from the gap. 1994. All right. Uh, Sharon, of course, is always giving us some floral look. She's got this floral button down with a large mauve scrunchie. Ooh. <laughs> and then at the dance, of course, she's got an updo with a green floral dress. Hunter Green. (laughs) This was more Kelly Green. Yeah, more Kelly Green. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Next one is Ricky's blue jacket at the dance with a, he had a black shirt with a very colorful vest. Yes. It was very stylish. To match Corey's colorful shoes. Yes. (laughs) I love how he painted his shoes and then he painted Rayanne's shoes. Very artistic. Very. Angela has a cute outfit on earlier in the episode. She's got this fuzzy sweater that's like navy blue and baby blue stripes. She's wearing denim overalls with it. And then, of course, her classic crushed velvet red dress that she wears to the dance. So crushed velvet has an even more shiny patterned appearance and a unique sketchy texture when compared to normal velvet. Um, Listen, I don't even know if hers is actually considered crushed, but that's just what came out of my mouth. She had a velvet dress on. Was Kyle's sweater mustard or hunter green? Are you just making this up? (laughs) I'm making it up. Stop. But we did see this dress earlier in the season when they had the fashion show. Yes. The mother-daughter fashion show. Right. But I love it. And when I see it, though, I always think of the World Happiness Dance. World Happiness Dance. Jordan, you know, he's rocking a light blue t-shirt. And I just wrote, his eyes. (laughs) (laughs) The way that shirt makes his eyes pop. They (laughs) popping. 
Next one or last one for me, Corey's hat. He's got, what do you call it? A page boy hat? Is that what it's called? Is it a page boy or a beret? I can't. It's a beret. Is that different? I think it's like when it's turned forward, the bill in the front, it's like a page boy. Then when you turn around, it looks like a beret, but I don't think it is a beret. Oh yeah, it's not a beret. Yeah. So he, I think he had the page boy hat turned backward. Yes, he did. I used to wear one of those. You did? Yeah. Oh. In the 90s. Oh. Well, I've never seen photo evidence of this. Uh, there, are, there are actually photos. You know where I'm like bench pressing yes, my brother over my head? my head? But are you wearing it sideways or something? Feels uh, like you're wearing it. No, I mean, it's backwards. backwards, maybe a little tilted. Well, probably because of the wrestling. No, I mean, it was oh, style. Oh, on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Very cute. Oh, it was. And then I had, you know, I had the the blonde locks coming out the bottom. (laughs) Someone commented, they like went back through the archives and remember the teenage dirt bag when that trend was happening, I shared your teenage dirt bag stuff, which was amazing. I was more of like a Gap, Old Navy, American Eagle girl. So I didn't really have a lot of teenage dirt bag photos, unfortunately, but yours were so good. And they commented though, and they were like, is that sun in? I was like, oh no, (laughs) No. that's just straight bleach. (laughs) It is not bleach. What? I mean, my hair was bleached. It wasn't actual bleach. I went to the The salon. I went to the salon for that. My hair was quote unquote bleached with whatever they used to do that. Well, correctly. I mean, listen, I just meant that it was bleached. Oh, yes. Yes. It was properly bleached. It was not sun in. <laughs> you, sun in turned my hair Clorox orange. You Clorox on your head. <laughs> <laughs> I did not pour Clorox on my head. I tried hydrogen peroxide oh. once and it turned it orange. Mm. It was a dark time for my hair during that period. <laughs> I think you looked hot. Not then I didn't. Because well, I had shaved pretty much. Well, I had shaved my head like pretty tight and then also did the orange look. And it was not cool. Yeah, I guess there aren't pictures of that because I'm referring to your bleach blonde face. I thought that was pretty hot. I really wish I could find my purple hair because there were a few photos of me with purple hair. I know. I wish if anybody out there is listening and has them, if anybody's hate listening and has them, (laughs) (laughs) would like to send them in. I don't think anybody would be hate listening. I'm joking. The only other thing I wrote down was there's this moment where Brian and Ricky are chatting at school and you just see... Teenagers walking by in the hallways, and there's just so much flannel. So much flannel and so many baggy jeans in the background. It's like, that's all people wore. Yeah. And to be honest with you, that's all people were wearing, or a certain set of people anyways. Yeah. It was comfortable, though. It was. I enjoyed it. Me too. All right. We have just a few signs of the times or things that we noticed. Brian had a big... Computer in his <laughs> in his bedroom. Oh, bleeps all over the place. That's right. Well, we can say. <laughs> Can't you say that? Bleep bleep bleep. Bleep bleep bleep. This is just a thing that I noticed. So Patty and Graham are in the basement looking for the wallpaper that has, by the way, been there since quote the Bush administration. <laughs> Which, yeah, this was 94, so it only would have been like two years. Like, calm down, Patty. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We mentioned this in the episode, The Substitute, when the students all wrote poems, and there was this naughty poem that Sharon wrote, but nobody knew who it was because it was anonymous, and Graham and Patty were trying to figure out 
who wrote it. Right. They were saying how it couldn't be Angela because the poem mentions the basement of love. And they're like, we don't have a basement, so it can't be Angela. And I mentioned it on the episode. I was like, wait a minute. There is an episode where they are in the basement. And you were right. I was right. Because here they are in the basement. And Patty even says the words. Because if if you wanted to question and think, oh, maybe it's the attic. She's trying to do Danielle's hair, which, by the way, she's like yanking her knots out of her hair. And then Patty's like, I can't braid in the basement. (laughs) Get out of here, you annoying kid. Poor Danielle. (laughs) So I just had to point out that there was indeed a basement that they added in later and did not consider the fact that they had actually mentioned the fact that they did not have a basement in a prior episode. They needed you to consistency check them. Continuity. Little continuity. (laughs) So there's a a little part where the doorbell rings and Danielle's going to answer the door. But her parents say, ask who it is first. Door's clearly unlocked. But (laughs) this is like a transitionary time, right? To where it's like, ask who it is first, but the door's unlocked. Right. So it's like if it was a person on the outside that you didn't want inside, they would just open the door anyway. Yes. Right. And now your 10-year-old child is standing right there in his way. And I love the videos on like Instagram and TikTok where they show what it was like when somebody knocked on the door in 1987 versus what it's like now when somebody knocks on the door. (laughs) There's some video I shared with you where... It's a comedian. His name's Sebastian Maniscalco, I think is how you pronounce it. We're going to go with it. I have seen him actually because he was on Vince Vaughn's... In person. Wild West comedy tour. In a yellow shirt. I was wearing a yellow shirt. Yes. Yes. But anyway, he's doing well. I just saw he's in a a new movie coming out. It was him in the TikTok video you sent me talking about how it was like a joy when somebody rang the doorbell. Right. His mom would like have. You got cake. Have like a pound cake there (laughs) waiting just for guests that might show up randomly. Get the Sanka. (laughs) What's that? Coffee. Oh. You know, kind of like uh, Folgers or whatever. The Sanka was a type of, you know, like scoopable, horrible coffee. Right. Like on Married with Children that we talked about. Yes. On our Patreon. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was a different time. Like it wasn't scary for somebody to come knock on your door, ring your doorbell. Now it's like, what are you doing here? Yeah. And for me, it really transitioned. Like I lived out in the middle of nowhere. Right. For a long time. So... When somebody knocked on my door, it was a little scary. It's like, what are you doing out here? Right. Is it a neighbor or why why else would you be knocking? You know, something's wrong. We've watched a lot of scary movies. So but nowadays it's like, you know, we have cameras and you can talk to somebody through the camera and ask them what what they need. Right. But yeah, I panic if Pete just goes and opens the door for anyone. (laughs) You do. It's like an old couple the other day. There there was an old couple who knocked on the door and just wanted to share the good news. But I'm like, no, there could be somebody behind them. They're a, whatchamacallit? Listen, a decoy. They're a decoy. I'm ready for the challenge. (laughs) I am. You're like, I could take them. Well, we'll see. I mean, there's only one way to find out. (laughs) Uh, But generally... We definitely talk through the camera first. We do. It's a different time. I mean, but I love that technology, like to have cameras everywhere. If I hear a noise, I can look at my camera and see if there's something there. But back in the day, it was just the Wild West. 
It was, and like people would just stop by to say hello. Yeah, it unannounced. Was, it was different, and it was, it was. nice. You it know, was. like I would love that. Like if we were friendly with neighbors, or you know, like we kind of became friends with some of our neighbors very briefly. But it was right at the beginning of COVID. Yeah, and then they moved to New York. They did. If they're listening, we miss you. <laughs> yeah, we do miss you. But anyway, it was just funny to see how you know the door was just wide open, and and uh, Danielle is just like heading straight for the door. Yeah, and my parents were, you know, pretty, I don't know, popular or whatever. So that would actually happen a lot where people would just stop by unannounced. They'd bring them into the kitchen. Everybody'd sit around the table and we'd all hang out together with this unannounced visitor. I cannot do unannounced. I hate it. Yeah, I do. Even if I mean, there are very few people that could pop in unannounced that wouldn't like stress me out. Yeah, Uh, there are a few, but it's just to me now that feels kind of rude. I just feel like I wouldn't. I don't think I would show up at somebody's house unannounced unless it was like we were from out of town and it was like a big surprise. Yes, that would be okay. But if you live in town, like, can I give somebody a heads up? You should. Or could. Make sure that they're going to be there. Today. Make sure that they're dressed, that the house, you know, I just don't want somebody to show up and my house is messy. Well, listen, my (laughs) parents didn't care. Keep it it neat. (laughs) Right. Definitely a sign of the times, though. Yes. I did love to in the basement. Patty was like pulling down all these loose Barbies off the shelf. <laughs> I was just like, oh, no, put them in a bin because Keep they're, those. they're in the basement. It's going to be damp down there. Yeah, that's where a lot of my childhood memories got ruined is yeah. in my, my very own basement. I actually should be really thankful that my parents put my stuff in, in the attic and not the basement. Yeah. Because my stuff stayed in pretty, pretty good condition. Some of it melted a little bit. Yeah. Because it was hot, but it got hot up there those 30 years. And then the last thing, just the first scene that we see of the dance, uh, Dawn Camp Decide by the Lemonheads is playing. Dawn Camp Decide If there's a beam of the porch You sick of being inside it's just very 90s. Yes, it is. <laughs> I couldn't let the episode go without mentioning that. So that's it for this one. We crushed it. <laughs> just like some velvet. Crushed. We crushed the velvet. Yes. Get it? Now there's patterns or something in it. <laughs> very shiny it's episode. more dynamic velvet. <laughs> Next up, we have episode 12, Self-Esteem, where we get to spend some time in the boiler room. I can't wait. And not in the Freddy Krueger way. No. The Jordan Catalano way. Mm. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> That's all for now. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. I did. I had to intoxicate him away. <laughs> what? And you know what? Whatever your opinion is about that, just keep that to yourself. <laughs> yes. Just kidding. We'll figure it out one way or the other. We don't like criticism. (laughs) No. (laughs) Constructive or not. (laughs) Did I spit on you? No, that was a bug. Just making sure it wasn't a spider. It was on my face. Hmm. Bullshit meter. BS meter. And then I don't have to bleep it. (sighs) I'm sure Delia had a lady boner as well. Oh. Oh. Cut that, cut that. (laughs) An LB. (laughs) What? Oh, LB. (laughs) (laughs) That's an outtake. Although told me I had to choose between the two of them because I was trying to date one. <laughs> and I remember on the phone, she's like, you got to pick one of us. It's like I was the like, Ke- I do. Kelly and Brenda moment. <laughs> you were like Dylan McKay. I just want to put all of that at the end. <laughs> <laughs>